Gadgets for Family, the tech podcast for the family IT person, and you know who you are, and anyone else trying to get more out of their lives through tech. I'm your host, Jay Benjamin. And I'm your co-host, Greg Cunningham. Thank you for joining us this week. Okay, so as a reminder, we'll always strive to give you excellent content, keep you up to date on all the latest news and tips, provide exceptional tips and tricks, and moderately acceptable audio quality. So with that being said, you know, we're always looking for ways to improve the overall quality of the show. But for now, just be patient and, you know, know that we have no intention on providing perfect audio right now. So but we'll get there. So, Greg, this is episode number two. And this is going to be more in line on what we envision our regular episodes are going to be like. Right. So. One of the things that Greg and I do best is we're always refining and streamlining our processes to make things run more efficiently. So for now, consider this a regular episode, right? So I'm doing the quotation marks for the folks who can't see, but uh, this, this will be what we call a regular episode. So, if, you know, before we dive into things, uh, we got a few uh, updates or, or a few news stories to cover. And... Um, uh, today's uh, main topic is going to be about uh, how to purchase technology, right? So we talked about either the subscriptions through the carriers or from the uh, uh, manufacturers, uh, trade-in or trade-up programs, or just buying something outright, you know, full price. So I think we'll focus mostly on phones, but maybe we can try and point out along the way, right, which ones also apply to other devices that that are sold that way too. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you think about, you know, carrier subscriptions, it is, you know, mostly just phones, but now they're offering a lot more for those, uh, for those same programs. So we'll get into that. So before we get started, if you haven't already, don't forget to hit the subscribe or the follow button in the podcast player that you're listening. Uh, if you're listening on the web, just open, uh, open your favorite player and search for gadgets for families and then hit the uh, follow button there. We can also be found on Twitter and Instagram at GDGTS4FMLS. That's Gadgets for Families abbreviated. Uh, there we're going to post tips, tricks, episode reminders, uh, updates on the show, things like that. And uh, uh, experiment with video clips. So you can check us out also on YouTube.com at our YouTube channel. And that's YouTube.com forward slash at GDGTS. Four, the number four, FMLS. So that's Gadgets for Families abbreviated. Yeah, and if you haven't followed us on any of those channels, you missed the video of Jason combining Star Trek, home automation, and our podcast. So you might want to go check out that little short video. So that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, check it out, guys. Okay, so Greg, what, is, what have you been up to this week? Anything you want to you talk about? Let's catch up for a minute before we jump into our topic. Yeah, uh, out of the playoffs, so we lost in the quarterfinals. Great game, but uh, that was the end. It's interesting because as I've watched my son, this has been his life for the last several, several years. And, uh, you know, he's had some offers to play at college and just decided he didn't want to. And as I've watched him since that last game, there's just this huge difference. There's this weight that you can tell is no longer on his shoulders. And... Um, yeah. he seems way more relaxed. He's engaging more with the grandkids and just seems to be more of himself. So you never know, right? Just how, 
how much that takes out of you. I mean, we've both been there yeah. and I think we both agreed that, you know, once we were done, we were done <laughs> and ready to yep. move on to something yep. else. So I did, you know, and a lot of people don't, you know, realize how much dedication it takes just, you know, not only from the student or from the athlete, you know, from the parents and, and everyone in the family kind of has to be dedicated when you have a child that plays at that level. You know, we, we went through the same thing with, with my oldest son. And uh, after his second, you know, I told you at the beginning of that second season in college, he was just like, man, eh, I don't want to do it anymore. And uh, yeah, yeah. When they make the decision that they're done, they're done. So. A couple other things I was just going to mention, um, because I think this is relevant. Just a reminder to everybody to be careful about emails you don't recognize. So this yep. week I was, uh, I had an email come into my box that I didn't recognize and I know better. I wasn't trying to click on it, but with this trackpad that I have, I told you I've got this trackpad. I'm still kind of getting used to it and I wanted to right click on it to be able to do something to get rid of it. And instead I ended up clicking on it. So didn't cause any harm. Luckily I'm on a Mac and it's really hard to get viruses and stuff on a Mac. It's not impossible. So you still got to mm -hmm. be diligent, but I thought I'd just remind folks that Hey, don't click on emails you don't recognize. Don't click on the links. <laughs> Delete them, report them as phishing, report them as junk, do it something like that if you can, but at the very least just yeah. delete them and and uh it's just it's just getting scarier and scarier out there. I've had family members that have gotten caught up in scams for 150 million dollar ATM cards and you know that kind of stuff. It's just yeah. It's just out there. So I I wanted to mention that even we're kind of prone to having to be careful about this kind of stuff because even if you don't intend to sometimes you can accidentally do stuff so thought i'd mention that and just remind the audience yeah to, yeah don't click on that stuff and and we're conscious of that kind of thing you know um yeah. you know we we know what to look out for and uh these emails are getting better and better they yeah. they are these guys are are sharpening their skills just like everyone else and and these scammers uh, they can duplicate these bank emails and, and make it look like it's directly from Chase. And the only way to know is to click on that on the uh, from, um, uh, you know, the name of the email, because it'll say, you know, Chase.com a service at Chase.com or something like that. But when you click on it, it's either, you know, uh, user at friendly global yeah. company logistics.com or something like that. So, so yeah. yeah, just be careful out there. And then I also bought some uh, screen protectors too and a new case for my phone because you know, we talked a couple weeks ago how I'm on like a three-year-old phone. And last yeah. week I realized that my screen protector, I do put screen protectors on everything. Um, yeah. But I realized that my screen protector was getting cracked like five or six big cracks. And I thought, what in the world am I doing to this phone right now? Because I've been going caseless. So then I couldn't mm -hmm. find the case that I had for it. So yeah, I bought more screen protectors <laughs> and a nice $7 case on Amazon um, to get me through until the fall when hopefully I'm upgrading. But um, screen protectors all the way, buy the cheap ones on Amazon. They come for like three in a pack for seven bucks. I know you're an advocate yeah. of them as well. Um, so yeah, that came up this week. And so I thought I'd share, just remind folks to, to take care of this stuff, especially if you don't buy insurance, which I don't have on this phone. And I just did not want to have to take advantage of our main topic today and try and figure out how to buy a new phone right now when I'm going to want to upgrade in, in the fall. I got with an old friend of ours, uh, someone you had recommended uh, late last year, 
to uh, do some uh, some web work and things for you. And uh, I reached out to her at the time. She did give me a quote uh, and then we put it off. You know, we felt that um, we could we could uh, use that money for some other things, some other equipment and stuff like that. So now we're at the point now where where we uh, we have to get that website going. So uh, I did speak to her the other day. Uh, she was going to try to work me into her schedule. I, you know, and I explained to her like, hey, I'm sorry to jump back in there like that. I don't want to skip to the front of the line. But, uh, you know, we're, we're ready to go ahead and get this thing rolling. So she was like, oh, funny coincidence. I was just thinking about you guys this morning. And uh, <laughs> she didn't reach out to me, but she said I, uh, I, I was on her mind. So, yeah, so we're going to be working on that, getting that thing rolling. I don't know why I put it off for so long uh, after we, you know, updated some equipment and stuff like that. I just kind of, you know, it's one of those things where I'll get to it. I'll get to it and we never get around to it. So, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully good news will uh, uh, be coming on that front. Here's the real question for you, Jason. Are you even focused on anything other than the Switch up in the background there because the game came out <laughs> over the weekend? It did. It came out Friday. Uh, uh, my son and I, this is one of those things where I give him permission to stay up late, and uh, we went to the midnight release Thursday night at uh, GameStop. Uh and midnight releases aren't what they used to be. They used to be like events where mm-hmm. they would have the game playing and you can go and sit down and the manager of the store would either have pizza or drinks or donuts or something and you hang out or you socialize and talk about the uh the game that everyone's there excited about. Then you buy your game and you go home or your pre-order, you pick up your pre-order. So midnight releases now are basically you guys wait outside in a line when the time comes, we're going to let you in. We'll hand you your copy. You get out of here and <laughs> you go yeah. home and play. So I took him to that expecting a bigger uh, midnight release. And uh, uh, it wasn't. Um, How many yeah, copies did you buy? I got home. How many copies did you buy? <laughs> did you have to buy two copies? No, no. So I, I did buy one. I was looking for two. I was actually looking for that, that special edition. So I pre-ordered the regular edition because that was all available. And, uh, Later that, that next morning after playing half of the night, I uh, got up and my wife and I went to a couple of stores to, uh, you know, pick up some other uh, orders and stuff that we had. And, uh, yeah, I checked at a few places and no one had it. So I was I was going to have two copies or ended up with two copies. But, no, I just have the one. So but yeah, yeah, I have been uh, I have been really pounding it out. So it is it is a really good game. Uh, we knew it was going to be a good game. Um, it's so familiar to the um, the the first version. Well, the the previous version, which is Breath of the Wild, so similar and so different at the same time, right? You're running around the same land, and it's just different. You know, it, it's it's different. People recognize you. You talk to people, and they, oh, hey, I remember you, but you still run into so many new characters and new um, new villains and stuff to fight. So. They made it familiar and different at the same time, and it's still I'm still at the very first part of the game, so so I'm still going. More to come on that soon, but yes, I did get my switch out of the box and and get it mounted on its uh wall mount, so it's not in in danger of falling over, toppling over on the floor, and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Good. I'm loving it. So 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 yeah so. Um, let's get into some headlines, some things that have been going on around the uh, uh, the tech world for the last week or so. And uh, 
one of the things you shared with me uh, as an article I had missed was about updates coming to the uh, iPad OS and actually making the iPad an actual uh, a pro device. You know what I mean? I, you know, in the episode where we talked about our wishes for WWDC, I had mentioned some of these things and they leaked out, you know, uh, a couple of weeks later. So one of the things that I mentioned was improvements to a stage manager. Now, for, for those who don't know, Stage Manager is the uh, the new version of multitasking on the iPad, right? You can have multiple windows open on one monitor, multiple windows open on your iPad, and be able to swap between them seamlessly. So I say seamlessly, but it, it, it needs some work. You know, it needs some improvements. And, um, you know, I don't have the answer exactly for, for what it is that I'm looking for, but they at least need to clean up the problems where I mentioned that you know, if you accidentally, you have Safari open on your, on your external monitor, you're looking at some things, but you go to the iPad and you accidentally hit Safari to open, it snaps all of the, the apps back to the, <clears throat> excuse me, it snaps all of the apps back to the, to the iPad, and then you have to send them back one by one, and it's, it's kind of a hassle. Um, <clears throat> so they mentioned uh, things like that, uh, camera support, um, but this, from what I understand from the article, the camera support is cameras built into external monitors. So we'll see how that worked. They, they added that little caveat in there, but, you know, still fingers crossed for external camera, a standalone camera. Um, so here's another one, too, that was really cool. So when I'm docked and I, and I have my I'm using my external monitor. You're using the iPad as a second monitor, right? So you kind of have them on as kind of like a dual screen with the smaller screen being the iPad. So in the article, they mentioned that you'll be able to have the iPad off. So you can almost dock it just like you do a laptop and just work on the one screen. So, you know, I have a 19 inch and then the 12.9 inch iPad. But if I wanted a big 24 inch widescreen single monitor, um, yeah, I can just dock the iPad to it and just leave it off, you know, and, and uh, of course, that'll uh, save on battery life and things like that. Yeah, so, Federico Vitici at Mac Stories was talking about this last week on Connected mm-hmm. and about how he uses his MacBook Air in clamshell mode and that this, yeah. in theory, would allow you to do the same thing with the iPad. So you could just leave it in its case, plug it into an external monitor and use an mm-hmm. external keyboard and trackpad and, you know, use it as if it's in clamshell mode and not have the screen on. So sounds yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have loved it when I was back at Stewart, right? When my iPad was my primary device in a corporate setting, I would have loved to have been able to do all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when we wanted that, you know, that's when we wanted features like those. Yep. So, and then um, there was a leak to the uh, Logic and Final Cut Pro. Right before Apple announced it, I, I know by the time you're listening to this, uh, most people already know that it's been announced. But at the time, it was just leaked out, and um, you know those were some real pro level apps coming to the uh, to the iPad that had a lot of people excited. So it was all really good news until we got to this next piece <laughs> of news that came out. Right. Yeah, but so. before you jump off that, here's what I think it does for the iPad, because the Mac's been giving all of the attention of late, right? I mean, we've talked about yeah. how 
and then it kind of rolls in phases. We talked about how the iPad hardware, there's no software that can take advantage yeah. of it. They just keep plugging in these this bigger hardware in the iPad. And but yet there's really nothing that can take advantage of it. And yeah, there's a couple of podcasts. Just big iPad apps. I mean yeah. iPhone apps. Yeah. There's a couple of uh podcast editing apps that I'd like to try when I get a bigger iPad. I'm not doing it on my mini, but but now you've got Apple officially endorsing their highest end pro apps, right? I mean, Logic yep. and Final Cut. Final Cut are what filmmakers use, right? I mean, they use this stuff yes. to create major motion pictures and artists are using Logic to produce albums. And if you watch their commercial, that's kind of what they were emphasizing. And so now you've got this, um, and they're mostly compatible between the big versions on the Mac and the the mm-hmm. iPad versions. And so I think this is an endorsement from Apple that says, we're finally going to produce some software that'll catch up with the hardware. And then hopefully, like you were mentioning for WWDC, hopefully they'll start to open up the platform a little more. And we'll mm-hmm. see more of these, um, we'll see more of these apps, right? This professional level apps come out that can take advantage of the hardware, that can push the hardware to the max, right? Yeah. That's what I would love to see. Um, because it's not just that I want to see those apps, but it also shows the commitment to the iPad as a platform. Yeah, yeah, because for a few years we've been, you know, hearing rumblings. <clears throat> well, they go and they come. You know, these rumors have come back that we're going to start having Mac apps on the iPad and, and, uh, or being able to dual switch, which is something I never wanted, you know, between Mac OS and, and iPad OS. But, um, you know, you talk about being recommitted. You know, when I hear rumors like that, it almost sounds like they're just like, we don't know what to do with iPad OS, right? We have iPhone OS and we have Mac OS and this one kind of sits in between. We don't know what to do with it. So, you know, when I hear things like, oh, we're going to be able to dual load Mac OS on it, it's like, okay, well, that sounds like they don't really have a direction or a future for the iPad other than, you know, just the, the form factor. But this this sounds really promising, right? Yeah, I mean... I think if I had the ability to draw on my laptop screen, mm-hmm. I'd want an iPad a little bit less. Not a lot less, but a little bit less, right? Because, you know, I've been using, you can't see this on the podcast, but on the video version, you could see, you know, I'm using my Apple Pencil right now to take notes as we do this podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just love being able to do that. But then I click on a phishing email on my Mac last <laughs> week and I went, this would have never happened on iPad. Right, it just wouldn't nope, wouldn't have happened, and that's the other reason why I like iPad OS and iOS is because they're way safer. They're much much harder to screw up on. If I think about what I would give my grandparents right now, if they could do everything on an iPad, that's what they would get, not a Mac, because there's just too much that can go go wrong. I mean, it's not as bad as Windows, but it's still there. Those yeah. risks are still there. So this is good news that it's a commitment to the iPad. I'd love to see them continue to develop the Mac and the iPad in parallel and let them do different things, but keep this cross compatibility with the software so that you can export, you know, a Final Cut project into Mac and then do more things with it if you need to. But if you don't need yeah. those extra things, you just pay this subscription. It is subscription pricing, which I'm okay with. It actually seemed pretty reasonable. And um, so I like the commitment to it. And it gives me hope that, you know, maybe a year from now, you and I will have a much easier time producing these podcasts completely on an iPad. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds pretty exciting. 
you know, when, when you sent it to me, I, I read the article and I'm like, wow, this is this is some really good news. And then uh, what was it a day or so later? We uh, hear that Apple has been um, plugging leaks, yep. you know, like 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 all companies should be doing. And um, there was a leaker named Analyst Nine Forty One. Uh, yeah, Analyst Nine Forty One, and it turns out that Apple has been feeding false information to try to identify who is leaking this information, right? <laughs> Sting so, operation. <laughs> a sting operation. I forget the, the, the term that they use, but uh pretty uh 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 what they like a like a spy thriller, you know, when, yeah. it, <laughs> when it comes to Apple. And uh so they found out that this leaker was the uh the relative of a of an Apple um uh, uh employee that had been passing along information to their relative and the relative has been the one, the one that was um, putting out all the information. So they're in a world of hurt right now, in a world of trouble. The uh, employee has been fired. They identified the leaker, and all of the uh, the legal stuff is is about to start taking shape with with them. But um, now that we know that they were purposely mis misfit, you know, uh, misled or or given uh, misinformation, now do we take everything that they leaked out with a grain of salt? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so not not just them, right? But a whole bunch of these accounts that are all about leaking. I mean, if I think about yeah. um I think there are some that I don't worry about, like Bloomberg, Mark Gurman, for example. Yeah. I if I think it would be interesting to find out if he actually gets information deliberately from Apple to leak out. Yeah, right? That's what I was gonna say. He's an yeah. authorized leaker, you know. Yeah, so they so, control what he leaks out. Yeah, so I I think there's some of that. But at the same time, I mean, you just talked about how these game releases aren't as big of a deal, right? I mean, I think back to the very last Harry Potter book when it came out. My wife went and picked it up for me, right, and brought it home, and I read it until Mm -hmm. 3 o'clock in the morning. And it was all this anticipation, and you didn't know what was going to be in it, and you didn't know what was going to happen. And then I think about iPhone launches in the past, and this doesn't happen post-COVID, probably never going to happen again, right? But lines of people outside of stores and how much fun it was to do that kind of stuff. And you and I are kind of like this with releases now. We don't know everything. We know a lot more. And I wish we kind of were Mm -hmm. surprised more. But there's that sense of anticipation. And I want my new device to arrive on the day, right? And I'm trying not to check out what everybody else is saying about it until mine shows up. And so I think some of the, I think what I'm trying to say is, I wish there were less leaks because I kind of like some of the anticipation and some of the pri- surprise that comes along with these releases yeah. and stuff like that. But, you know, it is the way it is today. And there's a lot of people that make a living off of news reporting and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. So and, and I agree. I'm, I'm just like you. It's, it's not so much that like we want to keep up on the news of, of the device or the game or movie or, or product. That way we can know if there's any surprises, right? We look for delays or, or things with the project that could go wrong, that could change the project, but we don't want spoilers. Right? Yeah. We don't want to know all of the features or all of the, uh, the things like that. So, you know, we kind of walk that line. And uh, remember, uh, you mentioned in one of the other episodes, like WWDC, we would both be at work. We would be in the middle of things. And I would always say, no spoilers, no spoilers. I want to watch it, right. you know, myself when I get home. 
But in the months leading up to that, you know, we're keeping up with what's going on. So we kind of have an idea what's coming, but just not all of the details and things like that. So, well, and I've already told my wife because WWDC, the keynotes, the day I'm supposed to leave for our camping trip, but we won't go till the afternoon. So I think you and I are going to watch it together and maybe we'll record our reactions or something like that and see. Okay. See how it goes. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll talk about that and figure it out. But anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. So, so you have some news with Google. Apple's not the only thing in the headlines this week. Google couldn't let, let Apple steal all of the headlines. So what do we got from Google? Well, just a few things. Cause you know, you and I are, neither one of us are deep into the Google ecosystem, but a big surprise. Yeah. It was all about AI. Um, and I thought it yeah. was interesting that on Apple's earnings call, they asked Tim Cook about AI and he said that he definitely can see the advantages, but that we need to be thoughtful. And um, then he also talked about how they've been putting AI into things for quite some time, AI and ML. So artificial intelligence and machine learning, I think those two terms kind of get done interchangeably right now. But if I think about crash detection and fall detection and those kinds of things, that was Tim Cook's emphasis is that we've been using it for those kinds of things, which actually save people's lives, right? And there were just stories in the, news this week about other people that have had their lives saved because their Apple watch or their phone detected a crash or, you know, these other kinds yeah. of things. And I've had, you know, I went, had a pretty bad bike spill and, uh, it did go off and say, you've taken a hard fall and, uh, you know, I was okay. So I was able to turn it off, but it is reassuring some of the times where I'm riding, where there's very little access and very few other people to know that. I'm going to purposely cut that off because I see in the notes, it's a huge topic for another day. So we can actually do a whole entire episode yeah. on, on AI. And you see my note I put, is it time to get worried? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely go more into AI. So anyone that's listening and you're hoping that we'll go more into detail on it. No, we're, we're done with AI for this episode. So, <laughs> yeah, but we will have one coming up here in the future. So I think that the one reason I put this in here originally was just about the, fo- the foldable phone that they just announced, right? And we know Samsung's yep. had a couple of yep. these, and so um, they announced one. I, I want to know, Jason, do you want a foldable iPhone? You know, I, I, don't, I don't think I need one, right? I mean, the screens are, are pretty well protected, right? They, they already come with the strongest Gorilla Glass and, and all of that, so... The folding wouldn't be for protection. It'll be for making it compact, right? Yeah. But then if you're folding two halves of a, of a phone together, you're doubling the, the width of it. I don't know. It just always seemed gimmicky to me. I know some people were really excited about the, uh, the Samsung foldables and things like that. I just don't see or, or have a need for it. And see, I'm not interested in that version of the foldable. What I am interested in is the version of the foldable that when you unfold it, it's about the size of my iPad mini. Yeah. Right. And so you've yeah. got a simpler screen on the outside that does all of your phone stuff, but then you can open it up and then it's basically the size of an iPad mini. And as thin as they've gotten iPhones nowadays, right? I mean, if if I had two iPhones stacked on top of each other, but when I opened it up, it was my yeah, iPad mini, I've gone from two devices to one. So 
I'll be yeah. curious to see what Apple does with it. I I I want to play with one for sure. If they announce that something like that, mm-hmm. um, I would love to do it. I know you go really big on your iPad, so it's not as big of a deal. But yeah, with all of my reading and all of the stuff that I do on my iPad Mini, it would be awesome to have it. So that was my take. Yeah, that's why I threw that in there. Other than that, I didn't I'm, follow I'm a whole you. bunch of Google I/O. So yeah, yeah, you know, and maybe for me, when they make the devices thinner when we're literally talking just the screen, you know what I mean? Then yeah. it'll make sense to, to be able to fold that open. But for me, uh, it's kind of gimmicky, you know, but, you know, not down talking to anyone who's, who's into it. You know, everyone has their own, you know, take that they're into. It's just folding screens never was my thing. Yeah. Also that crease in the middle, the, uh, the, the little edge in the middle, that's, that's, that would be too distracting for me. So, so they did, uh, announced some um some photo editing tools and and things like that to improve uh uh photo editing and and um um I know you don't really get you know too much into that un- unless it's pretty specific right yeah i crop that's about it so i mean i just i've never <laughs> learned i've never learned how to do it so um and i take less pictures on my phone, I know everybody is super paranoid about their photo albums and they want them all precise and they want all the metadata correct and stuff like that. And I understand that. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to lose my photo album. I, you know, I always want to have it there, but I'm not obsessed about it. I don't go in and fix all the metadata. I don't worry too much about whether I've got the original resolution versions versus, you know, the down res. Yeah versions that apple puts on devices if you're trying to save space so i'm just not that big not that yeah. big into it yeah there's a there's a a thing with it that they did with the test photo so and i know i mentioned earlier we were done talking about ai but one more thing so part of this photo editing using the uh the ai that they're that they're working with uh they took a photo right so it was a a kid holding a uh like a bundle of balloons, they were blowing like behind him. He was sitting on a bench and, and mom or dad snapped a picture of him. Well, the picture was of the entire scene, right? But the part with the balloons kind of went off frame and, and part of the, uh, the park bench that he was sitting on went off frame. So they used AI to take the, take the, the subject, which, which was the kid holding the balloons and put him in the center of the photo and AI recreated the rest of the balloons and oh, the rest nice. of the park bench to, to where it seemed like the kid was just sitting on the center. Really cool. Really cool. I thought it was really a really powerful tool for uh, photographers and, and people who edit photos in general. So um, uh, that was really cool. But, you know, again, enough about AI, but, you know, that was that was a really cool picture. We mentioned in a previous episode, Apple and Google and uh, several other companies were working together on the uh, issue of, you know, um, people tracking people with those trackers, like uh, Apple AirTags. So Google actually updated, uh, released a uh, unknown tracker alert on their devices as well. So that'll be able to combat some of that, uh, you know, people being tracked by, um, you know, um, yeah. spouses or, or people they don't want to be tracked by or, or anything like that. So, so um if you want to learn more about Google or see any of these things in action that, that we just mentioned, you can always visit Google's YouTube page and uh, www.youtube.com slash, uh, is it Google? Actually, I don't have it here. 
we'll we'll put that link for you in the show notes. Yes, that's, that's just a general link that I have here. But you know, when I was looking for a source for that yesterday, I was like, I shouldn't use Google's uh, uh YouTube page. Let me go to Google's page and find out an actual thing, and then it clicked to me. YouTube is Google. <laughs> so. So this is their official, uh, 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 you know, YouTube page. It's actually the company's YouTube page. So um, you'll be able to go there and you can see some of this stuff in action. All right, guys. So this week's tiny tip is going to be something that I think we all kind of take for granted, right? Everyone knows that every device has uh, a calendar. You know, they have calendars on, on, on watches now, fitness trackers. They have calendars on refrigerators now, things like that. But are we actually using those those calendars to you know, to the, to the best of their ability. Right. And this comes from uh, a personal experience, uh, a situation that we had last week. So what I want to get into are calendar alerts, right? So a lot of people know that the default is you, you set a, uh, a meeting, uh, or, you know, a doctor's appointment and 15 minutes before the, the, uh, appointment, you get an alert saying, Hey, you have this doctor's appointment. Well, that's all it, you know, well and good if you're not that busy and you kind of had it in the back of your mind that this uh, doctor's appointment is coming up. But now we live in a day and age, especially post COVID, where you want to go get a, a, a regular checkup or see a specialist. That appointment is already two weeks down to, I mean, two months uh, in advance to get in to see a doctor. So you put it on your calendar and um, 15 minutes before. An appointment you set two months ago, boom, you get an alert. Hey, you have to be at the doctor's office in 15 minutes. Well, that doesn't work for a lot of people, right? So most people don't realize that you can actually set multiple alerts before the actual event, you know, uh, multiple uh, alerts up to in a week or so in advance, right? So one of the things that... Uh, that I use it for, especially for, for birthdays or stuff like that is, or, or a party coming up is I'll set an event to remind me a week or so before the event. And that'll say, Hey, you have a party to go to next week. You know, you forgot about it, but you go ahead and buy the gift or buy the decorations or buy whatever you need to buy. And then before the event, you can set another uh, reminder to remind you an hour or so before. So you'll have to travel or, or, you know, drive to the event or, or the appointment or something like that. So my tip this, this week, I want to give you a quick walkthrough. So, and this is kind of across the board. So Google, uh, uh, any other, um, you know, uh, platform that you use, but specifically this is going to apply for iPhone users, right? So you open the calendar app, uh, you'll add the event, the, the date and time, all the stuff, the normal stuff that you're used to. And then when you scroll down, there's a section called alerts. Now, I think most people think that these alerts are like the ringtone or or uh, not the ringtone, but like the alert tone or whatever you right. get. No, this section is to to remind you of the event so you can actually set the frequency. So you can set it, like I say, up to a week in advance, two days, three days. Uh, uh, if you want to do multiple times in, in the same day, you can you can remind yourself once you get the first one set, then you can set an additional one. And that'll be your second reminder. You can keep that defaulted to 15 minutes, five minutes, or at the time of the event, depending on the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the event itself. So, um, and then that's it. You can hit save and then you can forget about it, you know? Uh, and again, I go back to most people, um, 
they kind of have in the back of their mind that they have an appointment coming up or whatever, and they never really truly forget about it. But let's say you're like me, you have so much going on, so many events, so many places to be. Um, this you can actually add to the calendar and forget about it and not be alerted 15 minutes before you have to be there. Right. Cause that'll, that'll really put some people in a bind. So I, I would usually, if it's something I'll have to drive through, I, I'll do it an alert like three days before and just remind me, Hey, you have a doctor's appointment in three days, you know, um, uh, don't forget to, uh, you know, to prepare yourself for it. If you have to fast or, or anything like that. And then the second alert, it'll be reminded 15 minutes or so before the, the event. So just one of those things, like I said, people kind of take for granted that, uh, you know, the calendar is there. I can put an appointment on there, but it does no one any good if you have to drive 45 minutes, but you get reminded that you have to be at this meeting 15 minutes ahead of time. Right. Well, and I like that, at least on the iPhone, I'm not sure about on, you know, Android devices, but with the iPhone, when the alert pops up, you can say, remind me in, 15 minutes, remind me in an hour, remind me this afternoon, remind yeah. me tomorrow. So you can, you can really load yourself up with reminders if you're trying to make sure that you remember on this too. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have any tips for us this week, Greg? I've got one recommendation and then one tip. So the recommendation, so again, with my grandkids living with me, um, they both have iPads. They're just the entry level iPads in nice, big, thick cases. So with screen protectors. <laughs> Um, but you know, we were looking for more educational stuff because they love their devices, but we didn't want it to just be, you know, entertainment and, um, Khan Academy, K-A-H-N Academy. Mm -hmm. It's a free app. We were struggling because most of the really good apps, they, you know, micro purchases or subscriptions or any of that kind of stuff. And it's just not what my daughter wanted to be doing, but Khan Academy is free and it is amazing. The kids just fell in love with it. Um, we'll put a link in the show notes to it. Um, but I wanted to recommend that, uh, can't recommend it highly enough. Tons of educational stuff in there for them. So, and that's for the four-year-old and the three-year-old and they've got age specific stuff. So they're a little bit different in what it presents them. So great app. Okay. And then from a tip. Yeah, go ahead. Well, Sam, I'm not sure if my grandson uses that. I know there, there's some, um, there's some apps that she had me purchase. He's, he's in the family group with us. Um, uh, she has her iPhone and stuff, but he's, so my kids can share apps with, with them. But um, I, I have to look into that one. Yeah. It sounds like a really good one. Yeah, check it out. I, it's been great, and they loved it. So The other tip that I have, I just had to do this this morning. Um, Apple will tell you that you should be able to just use your phone and not worry about it. It's not going to slow down. Apps aren't going to get hung up any of that kind of stuff. And, and you and I both know that's not the case. So this morning, actually, I had some misbehaviors on my iPad and had to do a reset. So just a reminder for everybody that, you know, if you ever have an app that gets hung up or it seems like your phone's running sluggish or your iPad, that what you want to do is you want to hard close all the apps. And that means pulling up the multitasking screen on the iPhone. It'll have a vertical each app and you can scroll right and left and see them, but you flick them up off the screen on the iPad, you pull it up and it's a bunch of different squares. Same thing. Flick them all up off the screen. Then let your iPad sit for 30 seconds. That gives everything a chance to really fully shut down. All right. And then you're going to want to reset your phone, not wipe, 
not any of that kind of stuff. This is just, yeah. they call it hard or they call it soft reset. doesn't really matter which one it is. But if you've got an, uh, an Apple device that's got a home button, you hold down the power button and the home button at the same time. And it's about 10 seconds. It'll say power off, keep holding it. Let the Apple logo pop up after about 10 to 15 seconds and then release them and it boots back up and then you can go on your merry way. On the devices that don't have a home screen, you want to hit volume up, then volume down, then hold the power button. And again, it'll pop up, turn off, don't do the turn off, keep going, and then it'll actually reboot the device and then let that power button go once the once the Apple logo shows up. So it's about 10 or 15 seconds. And what that does basically is it clears out all the memory, resets everything. You don't lose any data. You don't lose any of that kind of stuff. So, but it's just a good idea to do that anytime it slows down. And, you know, a couple of times I've done it, I had a hundred and some odd applications open. And uh, while Apple will say that we manage all of that for you, it's not quite, quite that way. So just every once in a while do that. And I've got my mom and my grandma both train that when their phones start to run sluggish they do this and they usually don't call me unless they've already done that and it still didn't solve the problem so that's my other yeah. tip for today yeah and and you know apple like you said they, they say it just works but you know we know that these apps are written by a ton of different developers and different people and all of that and sometimes you know releasing those those uh, uh apps from from memory you know just clearing that memory kind of helps these apps to to run a little better. I uh, run into that a lot with a lot of these uh, badly written uh, gaming apps for my daughter's iPad. And, you know, these apps aren't really games. They're just designed to, to feed you advertisement for other games. Yeah. She loves them. You know, it's just constantly just, it it hijacks the screen for 15 to 30 seconds, showing you a different app, a different game you can be playing. I, I, I really hate that all of this garbage is out there, but you know, they really kind of bog down those entry level iPads. So yep. yeah, just clearing those, closing those apps and clearing them from memory just helps the iPad to run better. So I, I actually think that's a really good tip to, um, to include this week. So. All right, Greg. So this week we're going to jump into our main topic and uh, we wanted to talk about purchasing tech, right? And uh, this is going to be a little, a little phone uh, uh, heavy, but, we're not just talking about phones. We're talking about all technology, right? And the different options that we have to, uh, to purchase in tech. So we have, uh, you know, subscription-based or, or uh, trade-in or trade-up programs that these carriers offer. Or just buying them full, you know, full price and just owning the device outright. You know, uh, we're going to talk about which, uh, which option may be the best for you. So if you're looking to buy some new technology, um, uh, or, you know, uh, or a new phone or anything, you may want to listen in to see what, what option works best for you. So Greg, give us a, uh, give us an example though, of, of, uh, the different types of, uh, of, you know, uh, purchasing programs that you know about. So, I mean, when we think of phones and actually iPads, when they have, especially when they have cellular connections or other tablets with cellular connections, carrier that's one way to go through and do it. And that used to be the way that everybody got these devices, right? You got a device on a two-year contract from a carrier. Um, in our world, Apple has various ones, and we'll talk about a few of those now, and then I think we'll dive deeper on a few of them in the post-show for the more geeky kind of things. And then yeah. you know, even places like Best Buy sometimes will have ways that you can finance devices. And then 
the big one is the full purchase, right? Just flat out go out and buy it. So I think those are kind of the three big categories that that I I could think of. Yeah, yeah. So and there are a few out there. <clears throat> there there are a lot out there, but you know I remember you know at a point, and we're talking about subscription or, or contracts here. Um, there would be a point where it was always like one ninety nine or two ninety nine for the latest and greatest phone. And, uh, you know, they would tempt people to come in, right? We would get that all the time. Like, well, the phone is just $199. Like, no, this phone is $900. Right. You're just paying uh, $199 for the phone. And there's a contract involving that. So it was, I'm not going to say deceptive because anyone who uh, got into that situation to, to get a new phone, they were, you know, explained to, you know, how to, how the, uh, the contract worked or whatever, but there was always a little gray area, always some fine print that people weren't aware of. So, um, can you remember any, any, you know, uh, uh, times where you got a contract and, and how did that work? Yeah. I mean, it used to be, you got a two-year contract. The phone was locked. You couldn't do anything mm -hmm. with it. And that was it. I mean, you had to pay the bill for two years, right? You were paying for that yeah. service. So, but they've changed it a little bit. So I looked into this recently, and I'm on Verizon, so I'll just talk to Verizon. And yeah. I kept getting these messages saying, hey, trade in your 12 Pro and get a 14 Pro free on us. Right? And that sounds great. Mm -hmm. um, but what they really do is they take your trade-in, and then whatever's left of the value of the new phone, because they never match, right? So whatever's left yeah. of the value of the new phone, then they spread that out over the course of three years. So 36 months. We're not talking two years anymore. They do this over 36 months now. And basically, a couple of months in, they give you credit for the first two months payment on that phone. So they spread that. Let's say it's $500, right? They spread it over 36 mm -hmm. months, and you're paying X amount every month. A couple of months in, this kicks in. They give you... a a refund for those first two months. And then every month you see a credit on your bill for the amount of that phone payment, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. And, um, so that's how it works. So you're really not getting it for free. You're paying for it, but they're crediting it back. But again, it's over 36, 36 months and yeah. they lock the phone and then you really can't do anything with it. Like trade it in. Let's say you wanted the next one. You can't really do anything with it till you're 50% paid off. So 18 months okay. in if you're only paying <laughs> the minimum, right? Yeah. And if you want to get out of that, let's say you wanted to buy a new phone or let's say you wanted to swap carriers, then they won't release the phone, right? Until you've mm -hmm. paid it off. So then you're still stuck with whatever. Let's say you do that a year in, you're still stuck with paying off two thirds of the phone if you want to take yeah. it and go to another carrier. Now, some carriers will offer you money to do that and take care of anyway, but that gets kind of messy. But So that's what they're doing today. At least that's what it looked like from Verizon's standpoint. One of the challenges is that that's one of the very, very few ways you can get a deal on an iPhone. I know that's not always the case with um, some of the other phones, but Apple doesn't mm -hmm. make entry-level hardware they just don't they're premium devices they're similar to the high-end yeah. samsung's the high-end google pixels and so if you want a deal or you want to be able to afford something like this that's kind of the only option 
that you really have um, to get a deal on it. We'll talk about a few other things in a minute. But so like yeah. right now I could trade my iPhone 12 Pro in and get enough credit and I would still be paying $20 a month for 36 months, yeah. right? In order to do this, but with all of those stipulations that I have. So yeah, is it an option? If I had to do it, would I? Yes, but there's enough caveats there that it's just not my, not my favorite. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and we'll and we'll go more into that on on the uh, in the deep dive on the post show. So, what about one of these programs like Apple's uh, a trading program, right? So this was announced a few years ago. It, it's a few years yep. old. I, I I've never done it, and I'm not really sure how popular it is, uh, especially with some of the other programs that they have. So, you want to tell us about Apple's uh. Uh, trade-in program now if you're gonna so this is good if you're gonna just pay a monthly fee anyway mm -hmm. but yet you want to get a brand new phone every single year this is probably the way to go right so basically if i buy my phone let's say i buy the phone in september when they come out yeah then i pay basically it's a lease kind of sort of thing i mean you can still pay it off and keep the device there is a way to do that you can go in and pay whatever you would owe for the full price of yeah. it but Basically, what you're doing is you're paying a fee every single month. It includes Apple Care Plus, so your phone's protected. And then mm -hmm. come next September, you're eligible to just renew it. Basically, yeah. you renew it, and they've got a simplified process. It used to be really wonky, but they've got a simplified process for you to go in, say, hey, am I eligible to, re uh, to get a new phone? They say yes. You pick which phone you want, and that basically just resets the contract. Now, if the price of the phone went up, you might end up paying a little bit more or if you pick more memory or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. But basically, you can get a phone once a year and get the latest and greatest and just keep paying that basic, basically that same amount over and over and over again. And you're not locked in for 36 months. The phones are unlocked. They don't care what carrier um, you yeah. put them on, if I remember right. So if you want the latest and greatest and don't mind paying a monthly fee, this might be the best option for you. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. And this is for someone who, you know, doesn't have a, a attachment to their current device. They just want the latest one with the latest features and the latest design, right? And and it's a good option to have, right? Because you can, again, you don't have any attachment to that device that you're carrying other than it's your job to make sure you don't destroy it or, or lose yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, definitely, you know, after after uh, a year goes by and a new phone is, is uh, announced, I believe, though, if I'm not mistaken, and this may have changed, you can't pre-order those devices, even though you're on that program, right? No, you I've, have to wait till the phone is in stock and then buy the phone. They've changed or that. trade in the phone. They did change that. Okay, so they've it used to be really, really terrible and crash the system, um, mm -hmm. but over the last couple of years, um, they've now got it. Just like you can, you can go in and you can say, "This is the one I like," because you know they release the phone models beforehand and then you can go in and favorite it and then on the morning of you got to get up at 4 a.m and hit the buy button yeah but they've got it to where you can set up everything in advance so that all you have to do is wake up in the morning and say yes go and do the upgrade now and that it's that way not okay. just with this iphone purchase um program the yearly purchase program but it's also that way with purchasing new devices too so you'll have to experience that this year okay. getting up at 4 a.m to order yeah. a phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember those days uh, of buying several iPhones, refreshing, yep. checking out, refreshing and checking out. Yep. Yep. All, all fun times. So 
I see you mentioned uh, uh, Apple Card financing, and and we're gonna go more into it on the on the deep dive because I am really really wanting to get transfer some savings money that we have to the Apple savings, but we'll we'll go into that on the deep dive. But okay, I see uh, one of the options you put uh, is uh, financing a device on your Apple Card. Yeah, let's go into it deep. But basically, if you've got an Apple Card, depending on the device, you can get up to twenty four months interest free financing, and it's just part of your monthly payment they separate it out and all that kind of stuff so let's deep dive for anybody that's interested in apple card and what they're kind of doing um we'll go into a bunch of it in the post show we'll see how much um but then we might have to have a separate episode on apple becoming a bank which kind of seems like they're doing so yeah yeah it seems really cool really exciting stuff so i have here these are a little out of order so if you follow me here uh, while we're talking about financing, we're going to talk about Apple's buy now, pay later, right? So this is a new one that they announced. So this is basically what they're doing is, I'm not sure if you heard of, of things like Klarna and um, what is it, Affirm or, or yeah. Affinity or something like that. So what they do, uh, basically, you take the, uh, the total price of the device, they'll cut it into four equal payments, and... Um, you basically you'll get the device and and you'll just pay those payments on on the uh on your on your schedule payment. So there's a couple of things though that that has to be uh has to be said that uh you have to know about before you go into this, right? So it this all depends on your credit, right? So if you have bad credit, this may not be an option for you to even be considering, but if you do have so-so credit and you're not really sure, it may not be a good option for you, right? So the, uh, the amounts are anywhere from $50 to $1,000. And this is just not for iPhones. This is for iPads or watches or whatever you want to purchase from, from Apple. That's, uh, or, or they open it up or it's going to be open soon to any purchase, right? So not just purchases directly from Apple. You're standing in Best Buy. You want to use Apple Pay to buy a laptop or something like that. You'll be able to take advantage of this, right? All, all credit dependent. So uh, you request the amount, let's say, you know, $1,000, right? Um, it's split it into four payments due every two weeks, right? So that first payment, $250, is due at the time of the purchase. So this is not a zero down kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of purchase. This is, we'll split your payment up. You pay us the first payment immediately. And then in two weeks, that second payment will be due. So, um um what else do i have here so again you know it's it's not it's not for everyone uh if yeah. you, if you don't have you know perfect credit in the first place then you may not be one to consider this but if you have the funds or you know you'll have the funds in the in the uh, in the near future or at least over the the, the lifetime of the uh, uh the payments uh, this may be a good option for you to go ahead and get that uh device that you want yeah, I mean, I could see both of us run small businesses, right? Let's say our primary device died and we aren't going to get our next invoice payment or that yeah. next set of revenue for two weeks or four weeks. This could be something that you could consider doing something like this. That might make sense. So, you know, it's almost like yeah. I've got to have it now. I just can't pay for the whole thing right at this very moment, but I know I can. So this right, one, right. this one feels a little bit, I don't know, for me, I, I wouldn't want to do this one. I would probably do most anything I could outside of this one before I 
resorted to this. But like I said, you know, if my Mac died today and I didn't have the cash in the business account right now to go grab it, this might be the option that I had to take. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I used Klarna before, so I'm used to payment options like this and it, and it worked out pretty good. Um, uh, it was a mattress that we, that we wanted. It was a mattress, you know, designed for, for, for bigger people, really, really comfortable mattress, but, um, I didn't have the funds at the time. And like the lead time on that thing was like four weeks or something. So I'm like, well, if I wait till I get the money, it'll be another month afterwards right. before. And it, the option popped up and things like that. So it was more of a timing thing and not a financing yeah. thing. But, um, uh, I went, you know, made the payments on time and, um, uh, you know, they went ahead and shipped the bed out and, and, you know, I think believe by the time I got the first bed, the first payment was due or something like that. And, uh, it worked out again. I don't recommend that for everyone. It it yep. has to definitely be, <clears throat> you know, what, you know, you have to take into consideration the situation you're in financially and, uh, and, uh, time wise, you know, but, um, uh, still, a, still a really good option. I think yep. the, uh, and, and we'll go more into it in the deep dives. The, the penalties really only hurt when you, um, when you, when you miss that payment, yeah. that's when you really start, uh, you really start getting punished for, for not making those payments on time. So, but buy now pay later is a, is an option from Apple and that's a really good one. So I think the, uh, the number one thing you and I both from early on, you know, we've, we've both financed a few devices, uh, uh different ways, but I think early on, uh, full price purchases, we, we learned where the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. And this is just buying it outright. Right. I mean, maybe yeah. you use a credit card and pay it off or maybe you use a credit card and break it into a couple of payments. But the thing about it is owning the device. Right. And being able to do whatever you want with it. That yeah. to me is the biggest thing of freedom. So when we moved back to Utah, we were on AT&T, um, but I had bought all of our devices and this was like five lines worth of devices. Right. Well, at the time, Verizon ran this massive promo and I already knew that I kind of wanted to switch back and. We got just an incredible amount of credit for switching to Verizon and bringing our phones with us. But the only way that that mm -hmm. really worked was because I already owned the phones. I didn't have to pay them yeah. off. I didn't have to get them unlocked. I didn't have to do any of that kind of stuff. So I just like having the flexibility of being able to do that. Now, not everybody can. So, But this, this is yeah. my, top, my top suggestion. Yeah, yeah, me, me too. And, and again... You know, if you're not financially able to do so and um, your, your job either requires it or you have to have that that uh, uh, that new device at the time. Um, but definitely, if you're able or if I'm able at the time, I'm always going to buy it outright. And, and it's the reason, like you said, you know, you want to be able to switch carriers like you want. You want to be able to uh, just not have the hassle of making payments and stuff like that. It's 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 always good to just purchase it outright. So, yeah, I mean. I'll just jump in and just tell you kind of the order and how I see this. And maybe this will help some of the folks listening, but yeah, for me, I want to buy it outright. If I can, my mom and my grandma, however, they pay the carrier, the monthly fee. They don't, they don't swap phones every month. I mean, or every year I had to force them to upgrade the last time. Cause I got tired of supporting their phones with the home buttons mm -hmm. And they almost <laughs> wouldn't take the new operating system. So I'm like, no, you're switching. And so, but they went in and they'd pay some amount down and then just pay the 
it just adds it onto their cell phone bill. That's how they do it. And I think actually most of my family does it that way. I think, honestly, I think that's probably the way most people do it. Even when they go to buy the new phone, they probably go into Apple's website or they go to the carrier's website. If they go to the Apple's website, they're probably picking their carrier. Oh yeah, that carrier has a great deal. That's who I'm with. That's the deal that I want. That's probably the route that it goes. So if you aren't going to buy it outright and don't have plans to jump carriers, then yeah, do that. Take advantage because they actually give more on trade-ins than Apple or you know Gazelle or anybody else. They're going to give you more on trading because they're going to lock you in for 36 months. They're not going to have you swapping carriers on them. So that would probably be number two. I would do my best to try and keep that at two years or less. I think they do offer you, they default to 36, but then you could try and say, no, I'd rather do it over two years. Um, but then again, I'm on year three with my cell phone. And there was a thing we didn't cover today. There was a new study out. People are keeping their phones longer and longer and longer. And I don't know if it's because of yeah. these three-year carrier contracts or just because the phones aren't making these big giant leaps every single year. So you don't need to upgrade. I mean, unless you're really a camera fanatic, that's the only thing that seems to be making big giant leaps year after year in the phones mm-hmm. nowadays. I mean, last year with the iPhone, they added the dynamic island. This year, they were rumoring to change the buttons to solid state buttons, but that rumors, they said, no, it's not going to happen this year now. So odds are we're going to get a better camera. What else? I don't know. You don't need a better processor. A three-year-old processor on a phone is just fine, right? So people are keeping their phones longer. So you know that may be the way for the majority of folks to go right is to um is to just get it through the carrier take advantage of the deals and um go that route so. yeah yeah I, I i think you're right so so we know which ones are the best which ones we choose of course right we, we want to buy one out uh, uh right out and own it right out so is there any that you used in the past that you had a bad experience with that you wouldn't recommend that you would tell people, hey, I've done it, steer clear of this, don't, don't do it? I don't think so. I, I have a little bit of a gut check on the Apple, the Apple one we were talking about, right? The, you know, yeah. spread it over four payments or whatever it is every two weeks. But the yeah. carrier contracts that used to really lock you in are gone. There are ways to get out of those contracts now. They're used to not be. Yeah. Right. I mean, you weren't, you were stuck. You were going to pay that bill for another year, whether you switched or not. You couldn't yeah. get your phone number. Yeah. You couldn't get your phone released. So I'm not too worried about that now. I don't think I'd go beyond these that we're talking about. I don't know even if I'd walk into a Best Buy and if Best Buy had in house financing for something mm-hmm. like this. I'm not sure I would want to do that. If you're going to have to finance it, I think Carrier or the phone manufacturer, in this case, Apple, are the ways to go. Yeah, yeah, and and I believe Google offers something similar. I know Samsung does, so yeah, you'll you'll be able to get it directly from them somehow, or or um or through one of the carriers or something like that. So for me, I know I agree. Some of those two year contracts, the way they used to be, was a bit of a pain. But um, I do remember my first MacBook. Um, I got it from Cons. You know, it's one of those rent rent to own rent a center kind of kind of places yep. and you know paying that and paying the minimum on that every month and they you know they get you with the 
you know, oh, it's 72 bucks a month or something like that for this, you know, $2,000 laptop. And you're like, wow, that's, that's really good. I was young. I wouldn't recommend that, you know, by the time after all of the financing, uh, uh, penalties for being laid or, or whatever it was, I could have afforded, you know, uh, afford two MacBooks (laughs) for the, for the price when everything was said and done, you know, and it, and it, it, it did build my credit. Um, uh, pretty good. I was I was pretty impressed about the amount that it that it did uh, help me build credit. But again, I was I was pretty young. Uh, I did I wanted a MacBook at the time. I thought I was going to be a DJ and <laughs> and all of that and, and all of that kind of stuff. So you know, yeah. if I if I had a recommendation on what to stay away from, uh, that'll that'll be it. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe summarize it this way: if you can buy it outright, buy it outright. If you're going to have to finance it, try and find the 0% financing option first. If you can qualify for Apple's, that's great. Or your carriers, because most of those carriers are zero across that 36 years, right? You just have to keep paying your cell phone bill, which you're probably going to pay anyways. And they don't add a whole lot onto the bill, right? I mean, it's not going to add $100 onto your bill or anything like that, especially if you take advantage of the trade-ins. So I think those are the my top three, right? Buy it outright, find 0% financing through Apple if you can, or do the mm-hmm. carrier. And those two probably are interchangeable depending on your scenario. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, folks. So to, to wrap it all up, you know, we, we're not financial experts. We're not credit experts nope. or whatever, but we want to give you the, you know, the most information and, and to help you make an informed decision. You know what I mean? To, to, to find which, which option works best for you. And if there's anything we miss, you know, we would love to hear about it. So, and uh, that, that leads me into, you know, to subscribe, follow, share this podcast with any friends, family members, or, or anyone in your personal circle you think can benefit from this. Um, you know, if you haven't already, you can send that link to them or, or follow us at GDGTS4. That's the number four, FMLS. So that's Gadgets for Families, abbreviated on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you we're going to launch, uh, uh, information for future episodes, trailers, things like that. You'll all, always be able to stay in the know by following us there. Uh, also, uh, again, you can hit that share button. Uh, it's usually a square with like an arrow pointing up or to the side or something like that. And just share that out with anyone you think, uh, or anyone that's, uh, in the process of getting a new device or, or preparing to get a new device, you know, maybe they can get some, uh, you know, some 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 knowledge or or some kind of uh, recommendations from us to help them make a better decision all right folks well that's it for this week's episode and and again uh, uh we thank y'all for joining us anybody that wants to to geek out and get extra extra geeky with us in the in the post show uh definitely stick around but uh we're going to go ahead and close it for now greg do you have any any parting thoughts for anyone nope stick around we'll talk about the geeky stuff and But if you got what you needed out of this, great. So appreciate you listening. Have a great day. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Cool podcast closing. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. Thanks. So if you stuck around and you're really a nerd like us and you're really loving this stuff, so let's jump right into it. So we thought we would do... Uh, a little more of a deep dive into these uh, these different financing options and things like that for for purchasing iPhones and and other devices. You know, I know we keep saying iPhones, but any device that uh, 
that you want to purchase right now, whether that be a laptop or tablet or iPhone or a watch uh, uh, preview for next week's episode. We're going to talk about our, our favorite uh, Apple watches, which is the Apple Watch Ultra. So if you're looking to get one of those right now, then uh, we're, we're going to go into some some more details about these options. So, Greg, let's talk a little bit more about these uh, Apple finance options that that are available. What do you think? Well, by the way, you mentioned it. If you are looking to buy an Apple Watch right now and you want to buy the Ultra, I think it's 50-50 that you're safe. The rumor has that they're not going to upgrade the Ultra, and we can talk about this a little bit more next week, but just because you mentioned it. So 50-50 that they're actually going to do any meaningful upgrades to the Ultra this year. If you're going to buy any other Apple Watch, if you need it, fine. Wait and listen to next week's episode, and we'll talk about which one you should buy. But if you don't need it, try and hold off till September. So if you don't have one, go, right? You're going to love whatever you have. But if you have, you know, a Series 7 or something like that, wait until after next week's episode at least, and then you probably should wait till September. So, but yeah. I digress, which I could do all day long. Um, <laughs> so Apple's trade-in program, I, I thought I'd go into this one a little bit. I actually pulled some numbers. And so this is the concept that you pay a subscription fee directly to Apple, and then every year you trade it in for a new one. This is the one, every year, new phone every year that we talked about previously. And talked about it's yeah. gotten These better. You can actually- fans. Yeah, I mean, this is iPhone fans. Yeah, if you're not going to buy outright and you want the new phone every year, this is probably the way to go. So, um, and it's smoother now. You can get pre qualified before pre orders. So, you can actually get one on the first day or the first week. So, you used to not be able to do that. It used to be really rough. But, so here's, um, here's the thing if I was on this program and right now I wanted the 14 Pro Max 256 gigabytes, which is the phone that I would get. Right, so enough memory to do all the stuff I need to. I'm not a fan of yeah. the entry level memory, but um, so that would be fifty eight twenty five a month. Right? So it's you know just under sixty dollars a month, and that includes Apple Care Plus. So Apple Care Plus, either you're going to pay the hundred and eighty bucks or whatever it is up outright up front, or you're going to be paying you know the monthly eight bucks or whatever it is. I think it's five dollars on my watch. Um, so I'm sure it's more for the phone. So that's it, you know, $58 a month, you pay that to Apple um, mm -hmm. and they just automatically charge your credit card every month and you're good to go. If you wanna upgrade after 12 months, you can. You don't have to. Mm -hmm. You can also just keep it and at the end of 24 months, it's paid off, it's done, it's yours and you move on. So that's actually a pretty yeah. good option. If you think you wanna upgrade every year, but maybe sometimes you don't, that might be a good way to to go about doing this and i think this is financed like through citizens one or something like that or i didn't get into okay. that level of details but i wanted to share that pricing it's actually not bad right i mean um yeah. including when you include the apple care plus on it and this is the high-end phone so if any of you are listening and going wow that's really expensive well this is the high and the only thing this isn't is yeah, the you know terabyte of memory Right. So the regular phones would probably be much cheaper, but I didn't look those up. I guess I could while while we're talking here. I'll do that. I'll look up a regular yeah. iPhone while you talk for a second. Okay. So so it's not like, you know, like you said, about twelve months in and you have a life change, you know, we you and I both know how life can hit you out of a sudden and you say, you know, just doesn't make sense for me to to pay this fifty eight bucks or however much for uh 
uh, you know, the regular model every month. I'm trying to lower my monthly. So I'm getting rid of Netflix. I'm getting rid of, you know, uh, uh, Apple Music. And I'm getting rid of this monthly payment for the phone. You can always just pay off the remainder of that. Correct. Right then and and on the phone. So if you get a model and you say, uh, you know, I I love this this new 14 Pro. I don't care what they put on the 15. Even if it floats, I'm not going to go to it. I'm going to stick with my 14 for the next few years. So you can jump out of this thing when you want. Yeah, or you get a little bonus at work and decide, hey, I'm going to pay that off so I don't have this anymore, yeah. or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I just looked up the 14, just the 14, 128 gigs, which is probably the most commonly sold phone, mm-hmm. I would think, right? Not the pro model. It's 33.29 yeah. a month for 24 months, but that's before trade-in, right? So if you had a phone and you traded in, they're going to give you that credit and they just spread the credit out of credit over the course of the 24 months but then the same thing 12 months in if you want to upgrade to the same phone or a better phone you know the pro or more memory or whatever the case may be after a year you're eligible to do it or like you just said just go in and pay off whatever the remainder is that you owe it's zero interest Mm -hmm. right so you're good um so it's probably the most flexible of all of these if you can qualify for it they are going to make sure you qualify right they're not just going to do this for anybody but um if you qualify for it this is a really good option to be able to get that new phone every single year or you know 18 months or you know let's say you want to wait until march when they release the new fancy colors because that's what you want to do right um so it's a pretty good option for that and it doesn't lock you in quite as bad as the carriers do and um, from what i understand it's easier to pay it off and you don't have to you know deal with verizon or at&t customer service to get it done Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, <clears throat> Apple Care is not only included, but it's mandatory, right? Yeah, you don't have a choice. This one. Yep. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. so technically, it's in that cost too. Technically, it's kind of like a lease, right? So Apple wants to insure it. And yeah. yeah, it is. So that's an extra five, seven, eight bucks a month that's on there. And with the Apple Care Plus, you get express replacement and accidental damage is mm-hmm. covered, which is usually water or shattering the screen. You do not want to replace the back or the front of any of these new phones. I mean, it's hundreds oh, yeah. of dollars at this point. So, um, yeah, so this is this is a really good option if you're not going to pay for it outright, and yet you want to be able to get the latest and greatest tech. And I know people that do this, right? They're, I don't care what it is. I want the new one. I want to be able to say I have the new one. And, hey, everybody chooses how they spend their money. So Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, like we keep going back to saying, we're not going to make the decision for you. You have to do what's best for you and your family or your, you know, your circumstances at the time. So, okay. So Apple card. So this is one, I remember you told me to apply. Um, this is a couple of years ago, maybe not a couple of years, maybe it was last year or something. And at the time I was just like, ah, I don't, I don't want to apply. My, my credit had dipped a few points for, um, I, I can't remember what it was, but you know, mine, mine fluctuates a lot, like seriously, like 30 points sometimes with my, student loans and things like that so it'll it'll go up and down and i think it, i was at a down point at that at that particular time so i didn't apply so now that they announced the apple card savings and stuff like that it kind of kind of re-peaked my interest but and that's something different we, we can go we can go more into that here in a little bit about apple becoming a bank but um you want to talk about some uh, uh financing options and stuff well, not financing options. You're basically buying the phone with your card, and and um, and uh, paying Apple 
for. Yeah, and we'll so. we'll put a whole bunch of leaks to this stuff in there. But this is if you have the Apple Card or if you qualify for the mm-hmm. Apple Card, and you can apply for the Apple Card without a hit on your credit, and they'll tell you whether you qualify or not. My, um, I'll I'll talk about the card when we talk about Apple as a bank, whether that's in this post show or another one. But um, mm-hmm. for this one, you can get up to twenty four months free. Interest free. Sorry, I wish the device was free for that long. But no, up to twenty four months. <laughs> I knew interest you were going to clarify that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So you have to apply, right? I mean, if you've already got the card, you're good. But yeah. um, but when I looked it up, because I do have the card, so a one terabyte iPad Pro twelve point nine inch, which would be the device that would be my ideal device. Um, mm-hmm. and on this one, Apple Care is optional. So what they would do is they would do $150 for 12 months. I rounded these numbers. Or if you add on Apple Care Plus, it's $163 for 12 months. So interest-free financing. Okay. It's on your card. It shows you um, how much of your monthly payment is going to that. Um, you can trade in your device. So this is pre-device you know, device trade-in, so you could get credit. Um, you basically just... Um, you, you, when you go to check out and pay with your Apple card, it gives you that choice. So that's what I was doing on my phone, right? Was looking at, okay, yes, I want to choose these monthly payments. And it's actually really cool when you go into the Apple Store app and go to check out with something like this. You can, there's a little thing that says, I don't know which financing option is best for me. And yes, you hit that and it'll show you the carriers and the Apple options. So they aren't just showing just Apple. So, you know, yeah. that's that's good. That's something you can go in and do. So, like I said, 150 to 163 for the for that iPad over 12 months, and then the iPhone 14 Pro Max 256 gigabytes was basically 50 dollars a month. So it comes in a little underneath the. Um, I can't remember if that was with Apple Care or not. It might have been without Apple Care. So it may actually be about the same as that yearly trade-in program. Yeah. So, you know, relatively the same, but you're just, it's all on your card. You're paying it on your phone and same way you pay your Apple Apple card. So I think this one makes a lot of sense if you've got the card um, and don't want to just pay for it outright. Now, the other bonus you get with this is you get 3% cash back right up front, right? So if you buy a $1,000 iPhone, you don't get 3% every month when you make the payment. You get that full 3% cash back right up front. Um, which is pretty cool. Okay. I think that's the case. I better double check that. But so, I think that was So the let case. me clarify then, cause, because uh, before we started talking about this, I mentioned that you just make the purchase and, and like on, a, on any credit card, this is a, a program specifically from buying Apple devices from Apple, right? Correct. You can use the card and you can buy an iPhone or an iPad from anywhere. Yeah. Right? You can take your credit card, you can go to Best Buy, Walmart, even, or Amazon, and you can buy the iPad. Or you can buy that same iPad from Apple to get the to unlock these features, right? Correct. So it's still a credit card, still a, a regular credit card. Um, the uh, uh, monthly interest and fees are a lot better than the regular credit card. So when I say regular credit card, I use that term loosely. I mean it's a regular credit card, meaning that you can purchase this from anywhere. But if you purchase it directly from Apple, it unlocks some special uh, uh, financing options for you. Right. Yeah, so like I'm in the I'm in the Apple Store app on my iPad right now. 
mm-hmm. and um, I had saved that one terabyte, 12.9 inch. And when I go down to payment options, it says buy full price. It's got finance, Apple Card monthly installments. Again, it knows that I've got an Apple Card, right? So yeah. I would assume that it would tell you if you didn't and say, hey, do you want to apply? Um, yeah, but then, it'll, like it'll I said, apply. Yeah. But then it says, how do monthly installments work? Um, how does Apple Care Plus work? So, yeah, I mean, this is just built right in for me to be able to go in and see. It's financed at 0% APR when you choose to check out with Apple Card monthly installments. So it's just another checkout payment option if you have the yeah. Apple Card. So, yeah. So, and this is different from the uh, the buy now, pay later, which again, I said it was opened up to, to all purchases, not just purchases from Apple. Yeah. So that's, that's more of a, it's, it's a different program than what we're talking about. This is financing through the Apple card with Apple. You know, this is not a, uh, a financing option uh, just to purchase something from someone else. Right. Yeah. So I mean, now, this, one, later, this one, this oh, one, if you know, if you're going to buy it with your Apple card anyway. Right. Yeah. If you know you're going to pay it off that month, you don't need to do this. If you don't know that you're going to pay it off that month, then you probably want to do this because otherwise you're going to get interest. Yeah, this is probably the best option. Yeah. 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 yeah this yeah, is yeah. definitely the best option if you're going to make that purchase. Why would you buy an iPad from Walmart with your Apple Card? You know, unless you didn't know this is available, and that's what we're trying to do here: is let yeah. people know that this is this option is exactly. available, but. Uh, but yeah, why buy from anyone else with your Apple card if you're going to, um, you know, you're going to be paying it off anyway? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pay it off, I still recommend buying it from Apple. I've bought yeah. devices from Amazon and it had a defect and it was a pain in the butt. I actually ended up having mm-hmm. to get Apple involved to be able to return it anyway. And I've bought devices from Best Buy. I've had better experiences with Best Buy because um, it's a store that I can walk into. So, mm-hmm. but I mean, this wasn't the topic, but I buy devices from Apple first and then yeah. I go elsewhere. Right. So, yeah, it's just the overall experience with customer service yep. and stuff and other stores, other brands, um, other companies are catching on to that customer centric kind of, you know, we want to support you from, from beginning to end. Um, but no one has caught up to the level of Apple yet. So but we'll see. Yeah. All right. So the next one was the uh, just buying at full price. And, and you know, that's both of our default, right? Yep. If we can afford it at the time, we're, we're buying it um, um, flat out, just 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 paying for it. Or I do some some sometimes I'll borrow money from our savings. You know what I mean? Kind of a personal yeah. loan to myself, which I shouldn't be doing. I'm pretty sure. Anyone listening, if they're a financial advisor, they're telling me, and that's the wrong thing to do. That's definitely the wrong. I know it's bad. Unless the savings was for this, right? Now, if you're pulling out of your emergency fund, you're probably going to get criticized. Yeah, uh, and I am. And that's what I mentioned, too. I mean, that's what I mean. I'm I'm pulling it from the roof on fire fund. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I shouldn't do that. So uh, I I do at least know I'm making a mistake. But, you know... um, but, but what I'm saying is that's that's the main uh, that's our go to. But I see here that you mentioned, you know, buying the insurance or the uh, the Apple Care on it. Right. Oh, no. You're saying just to buy one that's unlocked. Yeah. Right? So if you're going to buy one full price. Don't buy one. that's just locked to a correct. Account. And your options may only be Apple at that point. 
right? I mean, yeah. Best Buy usually gets the unlocked version of the new phone months after it's been on sale. So anytime you go to Best Buy and see a deal, it's going to be carrier specific. And obviously, if you buy it from the carrier, they're going to lock it down and you're going to have to pay it off to get it unlocked to be able to transfer it to another carrier. Mm -hmm. So I don't see any reason why you wouldn't buy a phone or maybe even a tablet with cellular service through anybody yeah. but the manufacturer, right? So that you can make sure it's unlocked. You can use it on any carrier that you want. With eSIMs nowadays, whole other subject, but with eSIMs, super easy to switch if you go overseas, you know, any of that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, strongly recommend purchasing full price and get the unlocked version of the phone. Even if you have no, even if there's only one carrier that works in your area, if you're going to buy it full price, yeah. get it unlocked. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's something that we don't think about. Um, you know, with me being here in Houston, I have 13 different carriers to choose right. from and they all work at, you know, varying various uh, degrees. But uh, yeah, if, even if you have just one carrier that works in your in your town or your in your, you know, your little city. Still get it unlocked, get it unlocked, even for the resale value. Right. We talked about getting the most value from a device when you're ready to upgrade. and. uh you're just not going to be able to offload a phone that's locked to, you know, mom yeah. and pa carrier. And, and not that that's a thing, but, you know, a small little carrier in your town, you know, trying to sell that online or trade it in online or something like that. It's just yeah. going to be you're going to take a real hit on the value of that. Phone, I agree. So. so, I mean, for me, I'm actually facing this scenario, right? If I think of, I don't know whether you're planning on upgrading in the fall or not, but I am. Right. And mm -hmm. so. Yeah. I need to understand what am I going to do? So let's say my phone died right now and I couldn't pay for a full price for a brand new one. I might look yeah. at refurbs because I know I want to upgrade in the fall, right? So I mm -hmm. might wimp out and go somewhere super cheap. But let's say I was going to buy the brand new one. I'd and couldn't pay full price. I'd probably go with the Apple card financing, right? Zero interest, yeah. 24 months. It's just part of my monthly payment on my Apple card. I'm good to go. Yeah. Next would be probably the app. I, this is not what I wrote in our show document, but I think I've changed my mind on this. Next mm -hmm. would probably be the Apple yearly upgrade. And then I would go carrier. And as a last resort, I would go to the new Apple buy now, pay later. Right. And my only concern about doing any of these things is that you start down the path, they're hard to get mm -hmm. out of, right? So yeah. that Apple yearly upgrade program is probably the easiest one to get out of. You just hold on to it for another year, right? But the carriers, you could hold mm -hmm. on to it, but it's for two more years beyond that, right? And you have yeah. to pay it off to be able to get out of it. And so, and there is no trade-in, right? I mean, until you hit 18 months. So that's my my bigger concern is that you either have to get a bonus or find, you know, 800 bucks or whatever the case is to kick yourself out of this cycle. Mm -hmm. So I would try and avoid going down that path. That being said, hey, if you're like my mom and grandma that want to upgrade your phone as as little as possible, then, and you're just going to yeah. pay your monthly cell phone bill anyway, just go down that route. I really, the more we've talked about this today, I think that that's probably the best default route for anybody that's not going to pay off their phones. and especially if I think about my mom and grandma, they're not going to relocate. 
They're not going to yeah. change cell phone providers. They're on the one that they want to be with, right? And so, yeah, just they're going to stick with that phone for at least three years. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this too, and, and I'm pretty sure a few people probably have this same question. We talked about the, the Apple, uh, the, the trade-up program, right? So let's say you have your window open today. Let's say an eagle flies in the window, grabs your phone, and it's gone, and you have to get the uh, to get on that program because you're going to upgrade in the fall. Would you have to? You can only upgrade after a year, right? You can't go under a year, so you would have to pay off the full price of that device to go ahead and go on to the next level. Yeah, I mean the next device, the newer device. Okay, I mean, so I there is a bit of a penalty going. I assume they would let you. Let's say that happened and my insurance paid for, gave me the cash for the phone, right? I would assume that yeah. I could take and pay that off with Apple and then re-up into a new... See, I think what would happen there is that insurance gives me the money, I pay off the phone, it ends my enrollment in the iPhone upgrade program. Yeah. And then tomorrow I could go out, re-enroll as a new enrollment in the program, and then my year starts from the date I re-enrolled. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, so, I mean, right now, I if know. I was on that, I would go get the 14 Pro right now. And mm -hmm. I'd have to decide when the 15 came out if I wanted to pay it off and start a new enrollment. Or yeah. if I was just going to yeah. wait a full year and then upgrade. So, and you mentioned, so you mentioned insurance. I don't, I'm not sure if we talked about it in this episode, but I know we talked before. So your homeowner, homeowner's insurance covers um, personal property and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So the insurance would pay you for the uh, phone. That's, that's what you mentioned, but I don't, I don't know if we mentioned it in this episode. No, I mean, potentially, right? It depends on your policy. You can also put, yeah. on most policies, you can put an add-on, right? But... um and cover that device specifically. But in my case, my insurance agent said, look, just, I wouldn't do that. It's just let it be covered yeah. under your, the goods and stuff inside the house. So, um, yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I mean, don't know if many insurance uh, carriers have a Eagle, Eagle, uh, add-on <laughs> to, <the, laughs> to the policy anyway. Yeah. I mean, but you can get like, um, a lot of the carriers offer Apple care, a version of Apple care, right? Mm -hmm. And then they offer a, a higher end version, which is theft and loss coverage as well. Yes. So you can actually pay for that. I don't. Um, but I guess you could actually pay for that if you, if you wanted to. That way, if it was stolen or lost, then the carrier is going to replace the phone in theory. Yeah. Yeah. And we talked about coverage on, on one of the episodes. So, uh, and I think, you know, to sum that up, we, we said just it depends on how much your device is going to be at risk, right? And how critical that device is. You work from home, you're at home five days a week, you, you probably won't need it, you know what I mean? But if you're, you know, a busybody, you're always out, you're in multiple locations, you party on the weekend and stuff like that, then maybe, you yeah. know, theft and loss insurance uh, uh, may be a good idea. But, you know, we covered all that on, on one of the previous episodes, so you guys uh, just go back and check that out. So, but I think for me, um, if I were to lose my phone right now, I think my my default uh, would be, you know, again, we kind of bump everything down, right, to uh, when I upgrade and my wife gets my upgrade and the kids get theirs. So I think in this case, what what I'm going to what I would do 
and sort of the same too we do for our vehicles right i i never buy a new vehicle i always keep an, a, a new one i always buy the one that my wife wants and uh in this case i think i would buy the upgrade that she wants so i would uh buy it at full price you know and just own it right out but uh me knowing that i'm going to upgrade later on in the fall i'll just buy a new device for her whichever uh the latest one is that way she'll be on the you know previous generation by the time i upgrade to the newest one that's actually a really good point i hadn't thought about that and um it used to not be a big deal because everybody had the same size and class of phone. Now Apple's got yeah. into this, so I've got multiple sizes and multiple multiple classes of phones. So my wife's yeah. on a mini, an iPhone mini right now, and we don't oh, even yeah. know that they're going to make any more of those. So yeah. um, I would probably end up, that's a good point. I might have to just think about and talk to her and say, hey, are you going to stick with the mini? So I need to go buy another mini so that she has a newer one, but they're not making new models. So maybe not. Or do I just go get like the 14, not the pro, not the max. They're the plus and yeah, just get yeah, the, just the smaller Which one and really deal with phone. it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, there is nothing wrong with any of these phones. Right. But yeah. that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. I think I might have to take that same approach. I'm already taking that approach with my iPad mini and thinking, mm -hmm. okay, am I going to give her my iPad mini when I get the big 12.9 is the problem. I, I don't want to read books. I don't think on my 12.9. Yeah. And so, but, but yeah, that used to be an easier consideration is the hand-me-downs and my yeah. kids are old enough now that they have opinions, right? It used to be that they were just yeah, happy to get whatever, own. whatever dad gave them. <laughs> right? And, um, but now, no, I don't want bigger or I don't want that color. Uh, like Wyatt, he just wants the normal, entry level black nothing else yeah right yeah, no so colors, no no anything yeah and it's, it's professional it can go anywhere he can take yeah. it to meetings interviews yeah yeah i understand it's better than having a loud yellow one or something like that remember i mentioned the problem with my uh was it series four or five it was the gold apple watch no one wanted that gold watch yeah. no no one wanted it and um so and that that you know, shape my, my future decisions too of buying those, those odd colors is, is will I be able to either sell it? And I did sell it and I got, you know, a pretty good, a uh, pretty good amount for it, but yeah, you know, don't buy the least popular color if, if, you know, unless you want it, you know, you yeah. buy it for yourself first and foremost, but. Well, I'll never be able to hand so. my ultra down. So I'm kind of stuck there because Karen yeah. doesn't want to uh, watch that, that. It is big. That's that big. Right. <laughs> and as good as it is, I mean, if I said, Hey, we've got to do something she'd take it but it's not what she wants and you know i'm hopefully we're at the point in life where we can not worry so much about some of that stuff and at least you know say i really yeah. don't want that i'd rather have this but um but yeah that's that's you know that's changed and you know that's probably something we can talk about more in depth but i trade my stuff in anytime i can right and i usually yeah. trade it in through apple it's just the easiest way to do it they send you the box, you send it back to them. I actually, I think we talked about this a little bit on one of the other episodes. But so, I mean, when they do upgrade the Ultra and I decide to upgrade from it, it'll, it'll go into the trade-in. And unfortunately, Apple Watches are the uh, Apple devices that retain the least amount of their value over time. So the trade-ins mm -hmm. aren't great, but I just have no need for two watches. I mean, for my phone, if they said, we'll offer you 25 bucks, I would just leave it a, and have it be a webcam. Right. Um, yeah. So, 
But no, that's a good point. I think I'd probably have to figure out what my wife wanted next and go that route. That way it's easier to justify spending more money later. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and um, I guess my, my next choice would be that the buy now, pay later. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, I, I know you, um, you have your reservations about it, but I've used something similar to that before with a company I had no information on or didn't trust. And it worked out. Yeah. Right. I made the payments on time. Um, it, it was convenient. You know, the, uh, uh, the, the payments at the time didn't, you know, hurt my, my paychecks or, or, you know, my pay for that week. And uh, it, it worked out perfectly. And actually, it wasn't two weeks, too. I think it was I think they split it up over months. Yeah. You know, if I'm not mistaken, I, 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 I can't remember the actual. Um, actually, my wife was complaining about the bed yesterday. So we're already looking to upgrade this one, uh, you know, pretty soon later this year. But um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the buy now, pay later. It seems pretty interesting to me. And from what I understand, um, if you don't make a payment, that's where the problems come in. Yeah. Right. So if you're not financially able to to make those because they're quick payments. Right. Every two weeks is is a pretty fast paced loan, you know, and from uh, my understanding as well, too, this is through Apple. This is not like a bank backing them or Goldman Sachs or something like that. This is Apple opening their pockets and giving you the money. I'm pretty sure there's some kind of insurance and things like that. Yeah. On the back end. But I, I don't know on Apple. this one. I know when I did financing through Apple before, I think it was on the annual upgrade program. It was through Citizens One. That's where I made my okay. payments to. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I would guess there's some sort of financial institution in the background that's doing it, this. It may be. Just one that yeah. they're, not, they're not announcing. But not like Goldman Sachs, how they, they, they really uh, announced them, you know, with the Apple card and things like yeah. that. They really make sure you know that they're handling the financing. But this is through them. Also, too, one of the caveats that I forgot to mention earlier um, was you can't attach a credit card. Right. This has to be a debit card, uh, um, the, the option that you use. So this has to come directly from your bank, not from a credit yeah. card that you have. I think that's the case. If I remember right, that's the way it yeah. was. I mean, even my cell phone bill, I can't put on a credit card. OK, so, so it has to be a debit. debit yeah. Account. Yeah. I mean, hmm. and we'll probably have to say this since we're running a little long and talk about Apple card and Apple savings. I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, I use my Apple card for everything that I can. And my cell phone is one of the bills that can't go on a credit card. It has to come out through debit card or bank draft. So, Okay. Well, it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah, we, we are running a little long. I guess we're almost approaching that two hour mark, so we can cut it off here and we can do a, uh, another deep dive uh, on, on the, uh, on the bank stuff. I mean, that yeah. was, that's, some pretty exciting stuff and and i think it does deserve its own its own segment about so yeah we'll move it out of here and and put it somewhere else so if you're uh wondering yeah we won't get to that today but we'll definitely cover it at a future time um because i think it's really interesting and i've embraced it my family has embraced it um so i definitely can share my experience there okay well before we go do you want to talk about any of the uh you know, the pitfalls and things like that with, with, uh, financing or. I think we've talked about them. So I, I think we're probably good there. 
I, I think the okay. one thing I would mention, I highlighted it just to get to, and this is on a totally different topic, so moving away from the financing, but since it's the geeks mm-hmm. that are hanging out with us right now, right? I think yeah. you need to pay attention. If you're an Apple geek, I would pay attention for the next couple weeks leading up to WWDC. Um, oh, yeah. And then I'm super interested in what comes of WWDC because the Logic Pro and Final Cut Pro announcements for the iPad. Um, and then just today, they released, it's not a full preview, but they released a preview of all the accessibility features they're going to release in iOS 17. Now, they've done both of these via press release and however else. I haven't dug into the accessibility stuff. I didn't have time this morning. But what that tells me is that one to two hour keynote that they're going to have on the Monday of WWDC is so jam-packed that they're clearing out all of this other stuff. Because both of those announcements would have been things that they at least touched on in the keynote, if not went into in depth. The Logic Pro and the Final Cut Pro are the kinds of things that they would have pulled up and demoed right yep. as part of iOS 7 iPad OS 17. So, they're clearing the they slate. They filmed a we, trailer for it. Yeah, I mean, they're clearing the slate. We know that the headset is going to be in there and there's a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. about the headset that we'll want to talk about at some point. So, if you're geeking out and listening to this and are an Apple fan, pay attention to Apple for the next 2 weeks because whatever else they release prior to that, there's a reason. They're not just yep doing this because normally this stuff would be part of of that that event so uh, keep your yeah. eye on it you we'll keep talking about it probably every episode between now and then we'll mention it so oh yeah yeah if they're if they're giving us information that would normally be a keynote itself or just a little brief you know someone comes out on the stage and they talk about it uh if they filmed a trailer for it then it's an yeah. important product to them so uh, and, and if they're giving us this early, then yeah, yeah. pretty exciting for WWDC. What are they holding back if they're giving yeah. Yeah. this type, this type exactly, of Exactly, right? I mean, the accessibility stuff is great. I use accessibility features, right? And yeah. I'm not the target audience for those. And, um, and then, like I said, they, with everybody clamoring for the iPad Pro to be pro, for them mm-hmm. to pull that out of the keynote, there's got to be big stuff going on in there so i'm looking forward to it and i'm looking forward to you and i being able to watch it together and then we'll be recording the day after the keynote so i think the plan is right we'll do our hot takes and just you know whatever we can kind of glean out of the keynote that's what that episode will probably end up being and then you know stuff comes out over the course of wwdc and we can gather more information so the week after wwdc which is like the 14th or whatever it is um, you know, we'll have more information on the stuff that came out of it. So, but I think mm-hmm. it's going to be super interesting and the headset I think is going to steal the show, but I know I'm going to be drooling over the Apple watch changes that they're making. I'm sure. So, yeah. Yeah. The same here with iPad OS and, and those pro features, you know, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it this year. You know, the last few years have just been kind of, you know, we've, we've both been, buried in our jobs and kind of away from tech and all of this. And, you know, you and I, we really love this stuff back when, you know, we had to stay up on all of the latest news and, yeah, you know, and just the articles you send me and, and, and going, it's just building that excitement. So yep. yeah, yeah. I'm feeling, 
feeling like I used to back in the day. Yeah, I told Karen yesterday I have to be careful because I could get lost in all of this stuff, yeah. and I still have a business to run. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I know. So, um, you guys, if, if somehow someone shared it with you, and and uh, your introduction to us was through this podcast. Greg has a leadership podcast and also a consulting business. And also you're going to start doing training videos and, and things like that. So uh, also check that one out too. It's, it's uh, called Leaders Lift. And uh, um, there's a really, some, some really good knowledge that, that he shares from uh, personal and uh, past experiences as well as new things that, that, uh, that he's dealt with. So uh, again, if your intro was uh, uh, to us was through this podcast, Definitely take a look at Leaders Lift, too. That's another podcast that Greg has. Yep. All right. Well, should we keep it under two hours before edits? <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, we can go ahead and cut it off here. All right. So, hey, thanks for geeking out with us. We'll uh, talk to you next week. All right. Bye, guys. All right. I'm going to hit stop. <laughs>